Welcome everybody to another episode of Driven Hunter Podcast brought to you by Mission Crossbows. And this week we have a very special guest. You better say that. My lovely wife, Nicole. <laughs> and we're going to be talking a lot about her and hopefully she does not give you any dirt on old Patrick. That's right. Hopefully we don't bicker too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to really see the inside story, maybe we'll, we'll show them a little bit of that. <laughs> But we've had a lot of fun. We have. You're right. You know what? And I'm happy to be on here. I think this is really cool. Um, you know, when we first started talking about doing podcasts, we both said, what better way for people to kind of hear our backstory and insights behind Driven and bring the viewers, listeners, you know, all of our fans, everyone in to be able to kind of see behind the scenes of Driven and kind of maybe our day-to-day how-tos, you know, our, beyond what we do on our 30-minute television show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is going to give them a little more insight, yep. a little more, you know, educational things that uh, are cool. Yep. And of course, they'll get dirt on both you and me. That's right. <laughs> it's a pretty cool guest too. You right. know, I mean, so we that's have the... lots. Yeah, we've made a lot of friends over the years, and we'll pull some of them in as guests. So, um, you know, driven. It, it's been a heck of a ride. It so has far. been. Yeah. What year did you start it? I started in two thousand four. Uh, you know, my, my back history was I was a hunting guide over in Buffalo County, eventually followed my passion of film and video into, you know, a professional world and worked for hunter specialties yep. for quite a few years, mm-hmm. six or seven years to be exact. And then went on to produce North American whitetail television series and started that. Mm-hmm. And actually that's where I met you. We'll talk about that that's in just right. a little bit. <laughs> the old flag girl. Um, but, uh, you know, and then in 2004, decided to make the leap of faith, jump into uncharted waters and uh, learn to swim uh, in a big ocean. And to I start- think I think that's where a lot of people don't understand, though. I mean, you going from North American Whitetail to Driven and the hardships you had to endure and where you started. I mean, and I give him a lot of props. You don't scratch your own back on that per se, because you did, you started with nothing from ground zero. And we'll talk a little bit more about how you started, but it's pretty amazing from 2007 to now sitting here at this table and talking about how many years and you're really starting to age yourself, honey. (laughs) Yeah. So I got a few gray about, whiskers. About how many years Most I've of been in the industry. By her. <laughs> but, but really, essentially, I always say he is kind of a grandpa in the industry because you've been in it for so long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, time flies. It does. Uh, it really does. And you know what? The best part of what we do, and not to sound selfish, because I know there's a lot of people that work very hard in Absolutely. their career field, but we're just blessed to do what we do and, and always have been blessed. I don't know if it's... Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. I certainly don't live for Friday like a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, you know you're doing something right and you're, you're in the right profession when you don't care what day it is. And that Absolutely. Lord's blessed us for sure. Yeah, and it started, you know, you mentioned our backstory. It started in 2004 uh, when I, you know, started Driven series. I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to name the series something that best represented myself mm-hmm. yep. and what I was about. And, you know, I know, you know, when it comes to film and producing and just hunting in, in general, I know that I'm a very driven person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that from my parents and it's just my makeup. Um, I wanted, and me as well, right? I mean, we were both 
right. born and raised with not everything given to us, handed to us. We had to work for what we had. And, you know, we both saw our parents growing up working hard and working for what they had. And I think that goes to show, you know, that goes to say something, especially nowadays with kids and our next generation. I think it's pretty awesome. So, Right. It's, that's true. And that's what we're teaching and instilling the values absolutely uh, to our kids. And we'll talk a lot about kids here just coming up. But, uh, you know, after 2004, you're right. I, I mean, the, there was a lot of hardship. I mm-hmm. drove, I remember when I first started, I went and borrowed $7,000 from the bank, my local banker. And she said, no, let me get this right. You're self-employed now. You don't have a job and I'm going to borrow you money. And I said, well, I need it to buy a used camera to get started. And that camera now adorns mm-hmm. the top of our trophy case up in our production yep. office. I'll never sell it because it has sentimental value. Absolutely. But that's what really got me kicked off and got me rolling. And, um, you know, that year, um, of course, I had a lot of the pressures of producing and, and trying to harvest things on camera just to get shows mm-hmm. and it wasn't going very good at first it was going terrible matter of fact uh i wanted to pretty much harvest you know i i was doing a 13 run series back then and i wanted to harvest at least one mature deer per show that's 13 big whitetails and in second week in november i had only shot one whitetail for the show and i was figuring this was going to be instead of pretty a deer, tough yeah. it's going to be a turkey hunting show <laughs> across the boards and rabbit hunting but uh, on uh, November 14th, it really, God sent me one, and uh, the, uh, the, my career deer walked in yep. uh, when I was sitting in a stand in Illinois at 9.30 in the morning, and I shot a 200-inch typical. Mm-hmm. And that, I wouldn't say one deer makes or breaks your career, but that deer gave me that boost that it took to actually get me more motivated mm-hmm. and make me work harder. And everything just fell in place after that. You know, I was still driving a $400 beater that had no brakes, and I had to e-brake everywhere I went. That's but the I was enjoying story. it. I hauled that 200-incher <laughs> home with a lot of pride. And that very, I had my hand on it all the way back from Illinois just, you know, to keep it safe. But, uh, you know, that, that was the essence. And I had other great people behind me that were helping Absolutely, support me. Did. Team members that had always been with me like Dennis Williams, Mark Wimpy, Steve Snow, Chad Nolte. There was so many, Donnie Hanson. There were so many people that ran the camera f- mm-hmm. in past series for mm-hmm. me that now would help me uh, put together, you know, additional kills if I needed it. And that's what it took. And, uh, it's, you know, I'm still, you know, good friends with all those guys. And sometimes they, they still help out. But, um, you know, spinning that record forward in 2007 – um, we started dating, but I knew you before then. And yes, of course, I, <laughs> uh, I, I would do myself injustice and everybody that's watching and listening if I didn't tell them a little bit of that backstory because we met when I was producing North American Whitetail and I needed a cameo from a, ver- you know, I just, I told a couple guys that I knew that I needed a cameo from a good looking girl that would be a Daisy Dukes girl. And this guy, I was in Texas at the time discussing this and this guy said, I got your girl. And I'm like, I was thinking maybe one of my local cameraman's girlfriends or something. But um, he said, no, this girl, she's the real deal. She's a hunter. She's from Illinois. And uh, I'll talk to her. I bet you she'd do it. And 
you know, long story short, I met you that year at the ATA show and uh, you you said you would do it and you came up and, you know, we're a cameo on yep. the uh, the opener at yeah, the flag girl. Actually, <laughs> you started. Um, That's been quite a few years ago. <laughs> Whoa, <honey>. you, <laughs> yeah, you look actually younger than too. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and, and little did we know that we would end up married and, uh, you know, have a little three year old boy right now, Cashton. Yep. It's just, uh, life's a journey. It you know? is. Yep. I think everybody that's, you know, a little older can attest that you just never know how, you know, your path is going to be traveled. But yeah, it's God's bless us. And, and now, you know, many years later, we're here at Driven. We've, we've always stayed true to our roots and, mm-hmm. you know, we're passionate, love hunting, no flash and dash, you know, it's no smoke and mirrors. It's just who we are. I mean, we're, I like to think we're the same people, you know, on camera that we're off. Yep. A lot of people Absolutely. say, meet us and say, boy, you're bigger than, <laughs> than in person than you are on camera. So I'll try to suck it in a little bit. But, <laughs> uh, they say you're smaller. So how's that go? <laughs> right. I like that. They say camera adds 15 pounds, honey. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. In my case, it adds maybe 30, but uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you get a little older and you're up against, you know, her. So, um, uh, but anyways, um, you know, thinking back uh, over the years, you know, some of the highlights, and that's why we're doing this podcast, because we want to talk about some of those highlights, because there are so many, and you said it best just the other night, that how fortunate, because you were going back through, it was just our anniversary the yep. other day, mm-hmm. by the way, happy anniversary. Yeah, honey, happy anniversary. I almost you. forgot. And what we do for anniversary? Uh, we, we went to eat, stuffed ourselves with chips and cheese, and went to Walmart. <laughs> If that's one way to win a girl over, you just take her to Wally World, and I'm telling you, she is that's right. in the bag. That's right. You no. had me hooked. Right, yeah. It's probably a But bunch. honestly, you know, we think about it. We were looking back, like you said, at photos. It's amazing to go back that many years. This will be our 12th hunting season going into this year. And to think about the mountains we've climbed, the mm-hmm. places that we've been. Um, I mean, it's... Yeah, oh, speaking it's crazy. Oh, it does. And I think the those adventure series stuff, even though we're whitetail based, those adventure series trips that has taken us to the mountains from New Zealand up to Alaska into the Canadian Rockies, they've all been epic. Absolutely. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget the first time you and I went early on when we were dating, we went to Alaska on a sheep, my very first sheep yep. hunt. And and we're hunting doll sheep. And, and keep in mind, I had never been to the mountains. I grew up in Southern Illinois and did not take a ton of vacations with my family growing up. So Patrick is <laughs> bringing this little Southern girl out to the mountains. I had no clue well, we, we, what I was in for. Yeah, we didn't know what we were in for totally across the boards. But And it was rough in it. It was mm-hmm. a tough hunt. The weather was in climate. Uh, I remember um, actually... After about six or seven days of climbing, we couldn't stand each other to sleep next to each other because we both stunk so bad. Well, I don't know about like, you, but I didn't stink that bad. We got to, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you did. I know you did. <laughs> but uh, she's like, I got to I gotta at least get some sort of shower. And there's just no way to like no. go shower. Well, so, we're talking ice cold streams, right? Like there's, I mean, right. and we're ice, ice cold. We heated up a little water with some cold water and you stood in the back of the tent <laughs> Out of the view of everybody else, and I poured it over the top of you, and it's like probably, you know, like the size of a pop bottle amount of water, <laughs> and 
uh, we cleaned up. But it felt up. like heaven. <laughs> oh. And at the end of that hunt, I missed that ram on the very last day of the last hour of the hunt. Yeah. And yeah, to walk out that mountain that day, I never thought I'd ever step back on a sheep mountain ever again to chase those critters because they're tough. And Don't you remember we were so exhausted that night? I mean, we hiked our butts off that day and we were sweating so bad. And that was our first mountain hunt. So we really didn't exactly have the appropriate clothing and all that for it. And we got right. back on the horses. We climbed all the way off that mountain that night and got back onto the horses to go back to Spike Camp. And we were both so exhausted. Yeah, we were falling asleep on half, the horses yeah, and trying not to fall off. Yes. And, <laughs> and we were freezing because we had sweated so much. I mean, oh. uh, it was a miserable time, but yet it's one of the most memorable and awesome times too, if that sounds, Oh, do you remember you know? like on that hunt when we got back, there was this old shack and there was where you could get in out of the weather to like just eat and then you go to your tent and sleep but that old shack had a box of like hamburger hamburger helper helper. (laughs) and it was dated in the 70s yes even the packaging looked totally different and we're so hungry we ended up cooking it up and it tasted totally different than hamburger helper (laughs) we didn't care though when you're in the mountains like that living off of nothing you're anything tastes good and we certainly didn't eat any sheep on that trip so uh, we we actually just revisited that hunt just here producing this year's series. And yep. We can talk about that hunt down the road here. But, I mean, uh, you know, thinking of other hunts that really stood out, I remember you know, going to the Yukon on another amazing hunt when you first got to hunt the Alaskan moose. It was yep. epic in itself because we saw lots of moose. We hunted with Joel Wilkinson up there at Caesar Lake and Ruth and Terry, great people, and they've become friends ever since yeah, then. Yeah, they're like family to us now. It's amazing how, you know, in hunting camps, you share, you create those bonds and you meet those people and, right. and you really essentially become family. I mean, we've been up there now how many times? I think this year will be our eighth or ninth trip up there. So Yeah, and the just the... The memories that we've made mm-hmm. and not not all positive um, people still remind me like why didn't Nicole pass that moose up in the river that time <laughs> it walked right in 20 yards because my guides tell me no don't first shoot. time <laughs> I'm like it's a nice moose it looked yeah especially the footage was epic and then you ended up shooting a nice moose mm-hmm. in the end with your TC and uh and we got a good show out of it and we've been you know back I I mean there's the one time I went back without you one time because I knew if I was going to shoot one, I would right. have to you would leave you at home. <laughs> yeah, I took my cameraman and I shot, you know, that big drop paddle. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, an insane trip too. But it, one of the trips, that, well, other trips that we had to Caesar, and I still think it ranks as one of our most favorite hunts, was when we hunted mountain goats in mm-hmm. Mountain Caribou. Mm-hmm. And just the scenery alone and it was a horseback hunt and we got to just scale some amazing mountains and chase those critters around and and have fun and uh like you said earlier i mean it's exhausting but in the end when you come back home you put it all together and you lick your wounds and you think, oh, that was that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's what's hooked us about adventure hunting. I think my favorite part is, you know, you go and endure what you endure. Not many people will go out for 10 days on a mountain, no shower. You know, you backpack. Everything you have is on your back. You, I, This sounds really bad, but you wear the same pair of underwear for 10 days. You're not showering. You eat dehydrated food. But not a ton of people would do that, right? And you stand on that mountain and you honestly think, how many people have stood in this exact same spot? 
not many. I bet you could count on maybe one hand in some of the places that we've been fortunate enough to travel to that people have actually been there themselves and been able to witness and experience God's creation like we have. I think that's my number one thing that keeps me going and keeps me coming back is that and the memories and experiences that you have and that you're able to come back and share with our kids. And hopefully, you know, this is what I always pray and hope for is that that entices them to follow their dreams, not necessarily hunting. I mean, I grew up in Southern Illinois, grew up whitetail hunting, turkey hunting. I never even dreamed. I mean, I was going to be a school teacher. That's what I was going to do. And there was no if, ands, or buts about it. Until Mr. Patrick came in my life and he changed that route for me. Swept her off her feet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, you know, it's amazing that that was always my ambitions in life. And now instead of a classroom full of 17 to 20 students, I'm able to influence thousands of kids around the world. But, you know, I think my number one thing why I do what I do is for these kids to follow their dreams and ambitions. Even if it's not in the hunting industry, it's it's across the boards, whatever they have dreams of doing in their life, they can do it. No matter what stands in their way, they can do it. They, if they have the will, there's a way. And Hard same, work and dedication. Absolutely. It's always been the key to success for many people out there. And um, I think it's still the key to success for those kids and people in the future yep. to become successful. It's, it's setting your goals and working very hard to obtain them. And I always tell that when I go and speak to classrooms across the country, that's what I tell them. I say, if you want to be a professional golfer, you can honestly be a professional golfer. Um, I mean, you might have to practice Mm -hmm. every day, all day, but if you stay dedicated, it can happen. And and just like uh, for us, I mean, there's just a handful of us making a living in the hunting industry. Um, You probably have a better chance of doing it in the fishing industry because there's just more positions available but i i'd probably you know starve really quick if i had to make my living in the fishing business (laughs) but um you know let's talk a little bit about not to switch gears too much but um you know most people again notice know us as whitetail fanatics because we live here in southeastern minnesota i've always lived here you come from southern illinois we've just been blessed to live around big whitetails well, when we first started dating, look at the places we used to go, you know, thinking back uh, that very, very, very first hunt that you and I ever did was in North Dakota for velvet whitetails. And I never hunted a velvet whitetail in my life before, but I mean, that hunt still rings oh, yeah. true. I mean, like <laughs> what a fun hunt. That's the first time you ever ripped one in front of me in the tree stand and I fell, fell out of it because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. I wanted to test your patience and <laughs> see what you had in you. If, if you were going to stick around after I let some gas go, I figured it'd be, and, and you sent me into the, the gr- drugstore for feminine products. That's and, right. <laughs> uh, I, I went reluctantly and the women all teased me in there, but you know, I mean, I think I tested you, you tested me. That's and we right. Made, and look at passed. this, honey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're still, I'm still going in and getting you those products. So that's uh, right. You're a good hubby. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, but you know what? You're right. We were both blessed to live around big whitetails. And so really when we first started hunting, that was awesome. Right. I mean, like just early days. And it seemed like you always had the luck too. like, right. Yeah. We went to North Dakota. You shot a bigger deer. Um, I don't even want to show people the deer I shot on that trip. Um, but then we came home and you never hunted in Minnesota. I mean, like the second day in the tree, 
at down at John Redmond's and from Nosejammer, bam, you shot yep. a great big Minnesota whitetail buck. It was uh, like we were unstoppable. We were on fire. Yeah. That was it, crazy. We were just rolling. And uh, that year, you know, we knocked down some really nice deer. And, and you kept telling me, it's not that easy, Nicole. I <laughs> promise you, it's not supposed to be this easy. Well, that same year, I believe we went to Canada. Mm-hmm. And you shot one of your biggest whitetail yet to date. Not yep. your biggest, but it was one of the biggest. Yep. It was like a 182 class yep. typical. And you were sitting in an eight-foot ladder stand. And it was like, one. I think it was one of our first days there. It was, yeah. And you talk about luck. I mean, I go one way with my cameraman, and I send actually my buddy that runs camera very little. His name was Doug Clender. Said Doug, you you go in the call and you know, just sit there and see what you can film. If you get something great, if you don't, no no worries, right? Because um, basically we're just kind of getting started at that. So um, you come back that night and try to pull my leg and say, well. <laughs> I shot this little one, and I'm thinking, what? Why'd you shoot a little one on the first day? And then we went there and blood trailed it, and I walked up to that true giant. And I'm like, I sometimes like to pull his leg when we're out in the field. Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's, fun, right? Surprise! Thing, oh, that was a monster! I couldn't believe it. I still can't. It, well, I look at it every day in the office, so it's mm-hmm. mounted up there. But uh, anyways, uh, that was it. Was a great year, and I yeah. really, again, helped driven get to another level. You know, every year it seems like we've always, always done that and worked so hard at bringing, you know, top end production, especially when it comes to building openers. Yep. You know how much effort we put into that. And I got to tell the, this one opener building on opener story because it's classic, uh, classic me, classic Nicole. Um, we were, we were producing the opener and we, we had a problem trying to find, some front end shots and some back end shots because we had all these other great epic winter scene shots, but we just didn't have anything Mm -hmm. to start it or end this, the actual opener. So one night I was over at my editor's house late and we're trying to devise a game plan. And I looked outside and it's like sub zero and a snowstorm was blowing in that night and it was nasty and like really cold, bitterly cold. And, and Nicole is already well asleep because oh yeah we're talking it's one two in the morning by this time yeah anybody knows nicole knows that she goes to bed at like eight o'clock it's worse than my great grandmother uh so she'd been sleeping for hours and uh, i don't require that much beauty sleep uh you know yeah like right. some other people um but anyways in the middle of the night my editor and i devised a game plan to like shoot the opener scene that night and i go over and I wake up Nicole, which, you know, it's like waking a grizzly bear up. Uh, <laughs> she growls and bites and snaps at you and eventually kind of comes to. And I said, how much do you love me? And she's like, uh, not much because you need to go to sleep now. I think she was figuring I was wanting something else. But uh, I said, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, no, really. Uh, I said, we need to get up and go film. It's a perfect condition. And she said, you're joking, right? And I'm like, nope look outside. It's big flakes. And it, she's like, it's sub zero, Patrick, go to sleep. I'm and like, these are your next words. We're driven, honey. Remember, <laughs> get out of bed. <laughs> I go, this might be the only chance we get to get this. So we get up and get dressed and we, you know, head out that night and we filmed all night in the middle of the night. And we got a, you know, unbelievable opener scene 
that uh, is still one of my favorites. Yep. And, and we won Best Opener that year. Yeah. You know, we, we've won Best Opener for many years, Golden yep. Moose Awards. So we've been extremely blessed, but put a lot of effort into it. Absolutely. And, and not just us, all the, all the guys that work for us, yep. too. So you're right. We got a heck of a team of people. We do. We're We've very been very lucky. blessed, yes. Yeah, they don't get enough credit. We get That's all the right, credit. the behind-the-scenes guys, so thank you, guys. There's the guys that are, you know, I love running camera, too, and and that's been my MO, still is, but um, there's a lot of other guys that like running the camera and good at it and haul the camera gear up and down the mountains with us. So That's right. You know, it's been... It takes uh, a lot to do what we do, but that's fun. What's been one of your most favorite hunts if you had to pick out a couple? Oh gosh, I don't know. I already probably stole a couple from you. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I think that they all kind of hold special place here and there. I'd say probably my most favorite, of course, all of our kids' hunts that we've done, but the hunt in Saskatchewan with my dad filming him, that was pretty special just because that's how I was born and raised hunting with my dad. You know, memories at a very, very young age, tromps him through the woods with my dad. And then uh, and you got unfortunately... To go you know, doing what we do, it's taken away from me getting to spend time outdoors and in the field with my dad, like I used to be able to. So being able to take him up to Canada for his very first trip out of the United States, you know, for a hunt. So being able to take him up there and sit with him in the blind and film him shooting his... Well, you shot, you know, a, you shot a big deer the very first day. So he I did. Yep. The first day he said he didn't have any way to film him. And we're thinking, well, if maybe this will work out. So you shot this giant ten pointer mm-hmm. with a bow. I remember that. And you were you were you were excited about that deer, but not as excited mm-hmm. as you were to go sit with your dad. And you know, it was just meant to be. Absolutely. And then you guys shot that. He shot that non typical with the inside shooter yep. points, and he was so ecstatic. I mean, I'm sure that probably ranks as one of his favorites of all times too. Um, that that was a fun hunt, and mm-hmm. and that, both you and I have taken our dads up there. We've taken the kids up there. Yes, you know, going to up to uh, to Grant Kuyper's at Buck Country or Buck Paradise, and then Brandon and mm-hmm. and Dean Kuyper's place up there at uh, in Buck Country. You know, both of them are the same. They're all related, but we've had so many good hunts up there mm-hmm. and we continue to hunt up there every year it's a yearly thing for it, us for it's sure our a couple place. times yeah a couple times a year so i would definitely say that's probably one of my all-time favorites but once again all the mountain hunts and the different mountains we've climbed on when you unzip your tent in the morning and you see the sun coming up and you're on top of the most you know hugest mountain that you could ever possibly think of knowing that you hiked your butt all the way up there and waking up that next morning that's pretty special too so but for sure the kids, right? I mean, like, that's why we live and breathe. I mean, they've traveled abroad, you know, mm-hmm. internationally with us. Everywhere, it's been so much fun to, you know, let them experience some of these, you know, epic hunts and mm-hmm. adventures, not just for us. And, you know, speaking of, you know, epic adventure, um, there was one time that really stuck out that uh, Nicole really got old Patrick. Um, uh Anybody that knows me knows that I'm afraid afraid of heights, and I hate being, you know, like I'll get in a tree stand, and I'm fine with that because I'm pretty used to that by now. But if I had to go up on top of a ridge and look down or on top of a tall building, I, I can't stand it. And I certainly would never consider skydiving, right, until I met Nicole. And uh, we go to New Zealand, and we're on this stag and uh, tar hunt, and 
And Nicole mentioned that early on in the hunt. She's like, you know, what would be really cool is uh, if we were to shoot out early, we could go and go skydiving. Wouldn't well, that these be guides were, had always talked about they'd never been. And there at the place was like one of the top skydiving places in the world. So I'm like, we are here. Yeah, let's do place. this. And I'm like, I'm thinking the whole time through the hunt, oh, please, Lord, let us not kill out because I do not want to <laughs> go skydiving. I mean, I was actually praying not to shoot something. And, and I kept telling them, you don't have to go. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, I'm going to make this hunt situation to where we don't have the time to go. And just as luck would have it, on the very last second of the second to last day, Nicole shoots this animal. And the first thing she says after it hits the ground, she's like, we are so going skydiving. We got one day to get it done. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. And my heart just sank because I knew that I was in a bad position. So we go to the skydiving place. And of course, you know, if we're going to go skydiving, she said, well, you can stay on the ground and just watch. I'm like, and I was going to do that because I wasn't going to listen to her the rest of her life rub it in on how fun it was and how you, you know, what an adventure. So I decided, heck with it. Peer I'm pressure. Conquer my you fears. You caved. You caved. I was going to conquer them. <laughs> and so I put on the jumpsuit. We went through the training and uh, I was filming it all the way. And then at the last second, I realized I'd really messed up majorly because I'd film them getting into the plane, and then I walked up the steps and realized that now I was the last one in, which means I'm the first one out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, as we traversed to 12,000 feet, we got to 4,000. I'm like, I can't even see a car down there anymore. We can jump from here. And these guys are like, oh, no, we got to go to 12,000. And we got up to 12,000 feet. I could barely see the tops of the mountains. We were so high. And he's like, well, you go this high, you know, if we go any higher, you can't breathe. There's no oxygen. I'm like, oh, perfect. And uh, he said, but this way you can free fall longer. I'm like, oh, wonderful. So when I hit the ground at 120 miles an hour, I can really make a grease spot. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he, he says, you know, just easy enough. He said, just slide out to the edge. He said, whatever you do, don't look down. And I'm sure enough, as soon as I slide out the edge, what did I do? I look down. And when I look down, let me tell you. You had no chance, though, to say anything. Because oh about God. that time, it was whoop, and yeah. you were out. <laughs> yeah, he said, count to three. I go, one, he, two. And like before I was in on three, I was out. And then we were free falling for like a minute. And my guy that I went with, Tandem, we had a jump Tandem. He was cool. He was we he did nice well, they pair and easy. you with somebody more your size, right? So yeah. how he you was a hunter. all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I told my guy I was a hunter. Bad idea. Yeah. He, <laughs> he didn't he, like hunters. He spun Nicole like a top for a f- constant minute. Oh my gosh. Before I thought I was going to vomit. It was bad. Mm. So, so my joke ended up coming back on me because I was so excited to go skydiving. And that is one thing I could say I'll never do again. <laughs> I got to the ground. I loved it. And I was she hated so it. sick. Oh my gosh, I was so sick because my guy just had a spin it in circles. So, so you got part a of it. Of That's right. It came back on me. It but, was fun though. Yeah, and now, now that we got cash, and she said I would never do that. And I'm like, isn't it funny? Why? Yeah. Well, I got a, I got a, a son now. I'm like, I already had four kids when I jumped. <laughs> 
So And I didn't force you, but you know what? We did it, honey. We did it together. And then there was a time in, in Florida where he took me on the dead, one of the deadliest roller coasters in the world, and she said, this is nothing. Him and my father-in-law, they had never been on big roller coasters. I sat in the middle, and I made them sit in the very front row. I've never heard two adult men scream like little girls in my life. I almost peed myself. I, honest to God, <laughs> think I pooped my pants that day. <laughs> Because it's one of those roller coasters that you sit in and the shoulder thing comes over you and you're free. I your never thought legs that noise free. could ever come out of Your feet are free, kind of dangling. Of yeah. They took us up this thing so high and then an inverted hung us like over the entire city of Tampa. I could honestly see different countries. He's like, I, I could see Minnesota out there. Right. Uh, and then we, you know, went on this free fall all the way straight into the ground. It... And then she's like, that's not the, that's so much fun. And then we get home and like um, about a year later, I was watching TV. Just yeah, we're watching him. a show on like Discovery or something. And Ten deadliest roller coasters in the world. And that's on there. I'm like, ha. Huh. So, <laughs> yeah, she, she's got me in a whole lot of trouble over the years. And you still kept me around, honey. Look at that. The memories we've made. You're just lucky. We've survived them all. And now you can tell everyone about them, right? It comes with a cost. That's where I always say, man, you're so lucky you married her. I'm like, huh. <laughs> now some of it's coming out. Why People will be like, starting to feel sorry for me for once. Right. Not you. That's right. I have an adventurous side. That's okay. You know, you t- did talk uh, just a little bit about raising kids in the outdoors yeah. and stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things that I know that we've held very dear to our hearts is over the years, we do all these consumer shows and stuff where we go to deer classics and so on and so forth. And we get to meet these kids. And, uh, you know, a lot of them we've gotten to know mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. uh, through just being around them year after year. It kind of dates us a little bit, but uh, we've seen them grow up and stuff. And it's, you never did see that when I first started back in the day. You never did see any girls going to deer shows because if they were, they were kicking and screaming. They didn't want to be there. But now it's cool to be a girl and go to the deer show with your parents, even by yourself or with friends. Mm -hmm. And I I like to attribute it not not just to you, but to all the females that are in the hunting space. Absolutely. Or just in the outdoor space, right? Yeah, they're not necessarily TV celebrities. I mean, there's, there's women that are in, you know, the digital world too, but they're all mentors for young girls to look up to. Well, I mean, even when I started, there weren't much for women. I mean, you know, growing, I was born and raised with two older brothers and I guess I just didn't really think anything of it. My dad always just took me out to the out, you know, to the woods when he went. There was, I I didn't know hardly any, I did know, uh, there was a lady named Judy Kovar, I believe, that was a, just a bow hunter, and Brenda Valentine back in the day. But there was not many female hunters. Yep. Manufacturers never made stuff. Um, no, I deep. mean, I remember growing up, like I said, climbing up the tree stand when I was old enough to walk, climbing in the tree stand with my brother's old hand-me-down camouflage pants that the waist was huge on, the crotch, you know, hung all the way almost down to my kneecaps. I have to worry about it getting caught on the steps, you know, as I climbed up and just everything. I mean, it's amazing how everything has evolved and changed, but you're right. I think it's attributed to all of the females that are actually getting out there now. And now with social media and television and stuff, of course, there have always been, I'm sure, lots of outdoor ladies out there, but 
you know, it, it was never really shown or portrayed mm-hmm. on all of it. So, well, in the manufacturers have really cued absolutely on, on the uh, the female movement, uh, like you said. I mean, you're wearing hand-me-downs, and mm-hmm. now everything's tailored. You know, the the clothing is tailored to the female. You know, think about the bows. What what bow do you shoot for? I mean, what's your choice for bows right now? Matthews Avail is what I'm shooting right now, and they've, I mean, they continuously keep upgrading and doing something better. Just when you think, you know, that you're shooting the best of the best, they come in and change it up and do something even better. But Matthews has done an awesome job at creating some of my most favorite bows that I've ever shot. And like I said, I mean, I've been bow hunting or shooting a bow since I was really young. And, you know, now that Matthews has really geared those bows towards shorter framed hunters, people with lighter draw, you know, weight, all that stuff. It's amazing how when Pat and I stand there and shoot side by side, you know, it's amazing the effectiveness. Well, I mean, yeah, Matthews has really done an amazing job, not just on their Matthews line, but their mission line Mm -hmm. and also the Genesis line. I talk about if people only knew I think what amazing. Matthews have, has put back into the sport of Absolutely. archery, uh, into the archeries in the schools program and so on and so forth, just by building the Genesis bows, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's really put a lot of archers out there. And Wouldn't people, it have been awesome for you growing up to be able to have archery in school? It would have been the only AI I would have got. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's... <laughs> amazing that I'm thinking, boy, I grew up at the wrong time period because, I mean, we didn't have any of that whenever I was in school. Yeah, but uh, the point I was trying to make is just the, you know, the amount of females that we see is our growth in, in mm-hmm. our sport, and we're, we're super excited about that, and uh, I wanted to thank you and, of course, all the other females for helping that and kind of inspiring, you know, girls of all ages uh, to get, get started in and hunting and but I think that's the number one question we do get too at trade shows and stuff is you know I have a daughter I have a granddaughter a niece or you know someone that I'm trying to get involved into hunting or trying to just get them outdoors and get them you know involved and I always say just making their experiences positive anytime you take them out to the outdoors granted I get it things happen and you're not always going to have the perfect bluebird day to and you're not always going to see tons of deer or turkeys whatever you're out there hunting for but I always say try to make it as positive as possible because, you know, I mean, nowadays there's so many other distractions and things that kids can get involved in that if you take them out on a cold, nasty, rainy day and they're just absolutely miserable, you're not going to see much and they're they're cold, they're wet. Yeah, they're going to associate hunting with that one specific day, you know, so being able to start them off on the right foot, making sure they have the right equipment, the right clothing, um, lots of snacks, that's a must. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, they're hooked on their electronics, so a lot of times they bring their electronics, but if for us, you know, hunting now, we do a lot more hunting with the kids out of our permanent blinds, muddy. Yep. Uh, muddy makes yep. a permanent blinds called the bull and on a penthouse. And our kids bring sit- their homework, they bring coloring books. Yeah, I mean, you name it. <laughs> you, it helps so much mm-hmm. to make that again a comfortable, positive experience. They don't freeze to death. We can bring a heater in there and uh, it, it just becomes a panoramic view a nice view of uh nature Mm -hmm. and um i don't care if you're just sitting in the truck 
watching deer on a summer night and going for a deer cruise. Yeah, it's just it's getting that family time together. Absolutely. That creates those bonds. You and I know, you know, that's mm-hmm. how we were raised. But again, you know it's hard to break those kids and those people that weren't, you know, able to have those prior adventures and experiences together with their family. I mean, that's what both Pat and I attribute our love for the outdoors for. We're our father. So that's pretty cool that we're able to do that. Um well let's let's uh let's have let's do something a little fun. Um Let's tell the viewer something that they don't know about each other. Um, something they don't know about you? Oh, this is going to be good. And something they don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, you go first and then I'll go second. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know exactly what she's going to say. <laughs> yeah. How, how in-depth can I get with this? <laughs> yeah. How much time do I got? I've already told them that you you know go to sleep you know, I'm earlier than my grandma. I am. Um, but you go first. Nope. No, go ahead. <laughs> nice try. Okay, uh, you go first. Um, Nicole um, has a little issue with picking her fingernails. Um, I do. So we spend a Hence, lot of money fake fingernails. At, at going to the nail salon. We do. And I always say she's high maintenance because of that, even though she doesn't do much else. That, that's just one of my... And if we don't get it done, then I have to listen as we sit in the tree stand to her oh. picking at her nails. And... Uh, Ironically, though, her dad and her brothers both do it. So it is a bit of hereditary, but I don't know if people know that about you. It's not really a, a quirk so much, but it does, after a while, wear on you. If you're trying to be quiet and sit in the stand, I hear this little tick, tick, tick. Okay, tick. and Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> There's really what, nothing whatever. wrong with Patrick. His quirk, I would say, the biggest one is he has to have white sheets he has to have white towels. That's it. He wears whitey tighties, <laughs> white socks, and they all have to be bleached and all have to have fabric softener and dried. Everything has to be white. I can buy the exact same set of sheets, exact same thread count, brand, everything, except they're just two different colors. And by golly, he moans and groans and complains and thinks it's the worst thing ever, well, ever, I until I show him the package and say, it's the exact same thing. He's like, I don't care. I like my white. So that's his little quirk. He has to have white everything. I want to get a good night's sleep. And I do put I don't lo- know how white sheets help you with that. I'm I do put saying. lotion on my feet at night. Yes, I'll admit to that. That's a second quirk. But even in the mountains, even in the mountains, he carries... I have to have cold feet. And it's a container, a special kind of lotion <laughs> that he has to have. And it's ridiculously expensive. And he just slathers it on. And well, in the winter people, time, when there's snow on the ground, and it is a little bit, it is a little bit embarrassing when people come over to our house or they like look in our tent and see a <laughs> bottle of lotion there. They're like, uh, yeah, they immediately. <laughs> they're like, uh, or I'm like, you have like it's not what you think it's for. Yeah, he's got like five <laughs> bottles of lotion sitting on his nightstand. I'm like, that's really nice, honey. <laughs> what are people gonna think? Um, when the winter time, you go out and stand in the snow. Because he can't stand hot feet. Like, he hates hot feet. So he'll go stand in the snow. Summertime, he goes and runs his feet underneath ice-cold water in the in the bathtub before you come to bed. Listen, I have never gotten cold feet over you, okay? <laughs> um, Nicole, it's time to put, uh, say something about Nicole since we're ripping on each other. Uh, Nicole, if she, there's a couple things about sleeping. If you sleep next to her... You can sleep next to the freeway. 
because this woman snores like a grizzly bear. <laughs> and I've not slept with many grizzly bears, but she is a snore. I, a couple times I had to check and make sure I wasn't lying next to a 500-pound <laughs> adult man. I yeah. can't help it. I like my sleep, I guess. And she cranks. So, so uh, I think we're going to have to take her in for them sleep apnea tests and run her through the mill on that. But, uh, yeah, that's some fun little facts about us. Of course, we have lots more, but we won't that's tell them right. right now. We'll save them for another, you know, episode. But, uh, anyways, I suppose we better wrap it up because it's getting long, but we've had a lot of fun uh, have, talking yeah. about our first podcast. And, you know, again, just want to deliver something that's uh, totally the inside track about us. And, and this is just the beginning. There is right. tons more to come. Uh, we're just kind of, you know, hitting on some different small stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Well, we'll keep it up, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. We're signing out for this this edition of Driven Hunter. But uh, stay tuned. We'll be back with a lot more. <laughs>